BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials, and welcome back to the toast. Happy Thursday. Hey, Jax. How you doing? I'm doing good because you were just gracing us with a performance. I was And singing. I said you should save it for the show because it was sounding so good because I was telling Stry Sands right here how much I love him. Oh, my man, I love you so. You'll never know. You'll never know. And that is actually one of my, like, new favorite songs. I have, like, a repertoire of, like, four or five songs that I know I can sing well, mm-hmm. like karaoke. Um, and that one has recently made its way into the top five. My man from the screen version of Funny Girl, unfortunately, not the stage version. And it's such a good song. I actually sing it to Harry quite a bit because he's my man. I love him so. He'll never know. All my life is just despair, but I don't care. When he takes me in his arms, the world is bright. All right. That's literally how I feel about Harry. That's beautiful. Oh my God. And the brethren, of course. Of course. Like me and Harry had such a day yesterday. It's such a pleasure to be in the same house as him. It's like, you really don't mind getting up in the morning. Yeah. Because you know there's like a big face waiting for you. No, it's like getting out of bed is tough, brushing your teeth, walking down the hall. But the minute you get in there, all is right. Like, by the way, which is something I would never do in my own house. I am like up in Harry's room before I brush my teeth and before I check my phone. Yeah. Before I check my phone, um, sometimes I have to pee. But I, I usually try and brush my teeth because then once I'm in there, like, I don't know the next time I'm going back to my room and like, yeah. what if I want to have breakfast? Like, it was just an amazing day of being in the same house. order to things. In the same house as Harry. Like, it's not, I feel like maybe it's something like you might take for granted because you like live here. But to be not only like in the same house, his next door neighbor, it's such a privilege. Yeah. And I don't even mind when he wakes me up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a delight. Um, I was though like tossing and turning all night. I just, my mind was elsewhere because we, right before bed, decided to do the dumbest thing ever and watch the first and last episodes of Catching Kelsey, the reality show starring Super Bowl hopeful Travis Kelsey. I had never seen it. Jackie was like, it's really good. When I tell you, I bought the whole season for $13. I had every intention to like watch it. It was so dumb. Like it wasn't bad. I was just like actively losing brain cells. And the girls were moronic. Travis was moronic. Like, it was so, it was honestly atrocious. And I really did, I like, I wanted to see who won. And I watched the first episode. And then we watched the second episode. And I just skipped to the end. I was shocked. Like The last I, episode. We were like, we'll watch the first. And then she didn't want to watch more. I was like, okay, but we have to watch the last. We turned on the last. She couldn't even watch that. So we just skipped to the last five minutes. And she was genuinely shocked at who won. Even when I came in, you were watching the first episode. And I was looking. And I remember a lot of the people and I couldn't, I didn't see the person who won. I was like, am I misremembering? It was literally 20 minutes into the episode that they even showed her. Mm. Like, I know throughout the season she became more relevant, especially in like house drama, but like 
there were 20 girls there and we did not see her for 20 minutes. No, and like the show was obviously like mirroring The Bachelor in a lot of ways because I think a lot of, you know, dating shows did at the time. And the way the show just made no sense, I'm glad I didn't waste my time because we literally watched an episode where Travis singled out a girl and said she was the hottest girl in the house, like 100% his type. He There was nobody more hot. And she went home the first episode. And I'm like, of course, maybe not the hottest girl wins because like you develop connections, but the hottest girl makes it past week one. Like yeah. it just lacked logic. It was it was literally like one of the dumbest things I'd ever seen. And I got a lot of messages when I posted that we were watching it of people who like, you know, um, like new girls going on the show. They said it was so fraudulent. Like Travis was like hooking up with a bunch of the girls. Like it was not real. It was completely scripted. Like it was so fake. So honestly, if I had wasted... There were seven episodes, seven hours, actually eight, because the last episode was two hours. If I had wasted eight hours, I would have been so annoyed. But now I feel like I got the gist of the show. And now when we reference it literally every day on the show, I feel like I know a little bit of what I'm talking about. Yeah, you are definitely missing out. It's definitely like it was a cultural shift for sure. No, it wasn't. (laughs) It actually wasn't. I watched it when it aired and it was really, it was something special. He's a cutie. He's a cutie. The brother made an appearance. The brother is on the show too. So you get a sense of like their personalities. Plus because of their podcast, you also get a sense. There's a story about them today. Okay, their podcast is number one overall in the app store. Deservedly so. No, I love this moment for podcasting. Yeah. Because all we have is this moment. And for brethren. Yeah, and for families. Yeah, and I'm glad that they're not letting this really come between them. Yeah. And we can all just, like, appreciate the moment of the Kelsey Bowl. Yeah, the Kelsey Bowl. Um, also, I guess we'll talk about them when we talk about them, but, like, Jason's kind of, like, coming up as the superior brother. Let's let's wait. Okay. Because I, I have thoughts, too. Um, but today's also just, like, a fabulous special episode because, of course, you girls are back together, together again in front of the flamingos, yada, yada. The brethren are in studio. But we have a very special interview. So I was, like, being really annoying when I was in L.A., like, secret interview, secret project. The first one was obviously Jay Shetty. And now the second one is airing. It is Taylor Lautner and his wife, Taylor Lautner. Um, they just launched a podcast, so they wanted to come on, talk about their podcast. Of course, like, I had to go deep on um, the twilight of it all. And honestly, I was so obsessed with talking about twilight because people are like please tell me you asked him about like back to december when i tell you i forgot like and i feel bad and like i was like kind of annoyed at myself last night i'm like how did i literally forget and i had a question like a really funny question the way i would phrase it like i had it rehearsed in my mind i was gonna be like taylor do you sleep amazing at night and he's gonna be like i guess like what like what do you mean let's role play okay it's okay it sounds like you're about to go into an ad but i know what you're gonna say no it's not an ad no i'm saying but that sounds like what you're about to say okay Taylor, do you sleep amazing at night? I'm just curious. Actually, I have sleep apnea. Oh, I just figured you would, you know, sleep so restfully, unlike the other men in Hollywood who are just quaking every night, wondering what songs from the vault are going to come out and knowing if there's one about you, it's probably so nice. And I totally forgot to talk about Taylor. Like, I'm so dumb, but I feel really good about the interview because I focus a lot on Twilight. And like, that's for me, like, that's That actually was a cultural, global, seismic shift. Of course. So we talked about that. We talked about like his journey with mental health, his like come up and stiff fame, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I forget, like he was in so many iconic things, like Cheaper by the Dozen, too. He was in like that rival family Mm -hmm. with Eugene Levy. And um, Valentine's Day, like he really, he has this like illustrious career and it was a really good interview. So if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be at the end of this video. If you're watching as a podcast, it'll be at the end of the podcast. And I hope you enjoy it. They're so sweet and they just got married. That's like a show you reference all the time. And I watched the first episode and like, I don't, it's not one of my personal references. You know what I mean? You're missing out. And I one know. day you'll binge it. Uh-huh. 
and you'll say coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. It's so good. And they keep saying it's coming back. I feel like that's one of the things like they're always saying, like the Hillary Duff reboot. I mean, the Lizzie McGuire reboot. No, but that was being rebooted and then it ended. Like there was action there. It's like Legally Blonde 4. But it is happening. Right. But no, like Scream Queens, like no one's heard anything since someone said it was coming back. Yeah. Um, Such as not like a reference in my portfolio of references. You're missing out. I know. Like everyone's there. Everyone. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, Nick Jonas, Ariana Grande, Nick Jonas, Leah Michelle, Kirstie Alley, Jerry Keith, O'Connell. Is it Kiki Palmer in it? Yeah. Shit. Now, like that's something that'll get me to watch it. Yeah. You need to get Kiki Palmer on the toast. Do your thing. I know, but she's like pregnant now, and she's like at the final. Like it'll be, it'll wait, be. A you'll while. have to wait. Don't put the ask out until no. she's back from until her maternity leave. Um. So we've got a great show. The stories are you said light. They're they're light. They're you know very uh like morning show. We're such a morning. We're going back morning, to our roots. Morning show. The morning toast. Yeah. We're going we back re- to our roost. When we re- roost. <laughs> when we rebranded, we should have went from the morning toast to the morning toast. I totally agree. Oh, we changed one letter. One letter. Honestly, how did we not think of that? Because we're stupid. We're so dumb. And we're, con- I think we're getting dumber. <laughs> no. You know? No. I like, it's like we're dumb and we're getting dumber, but we're also smart and we're getting smarter. So fucking true. Like, honestly, nobody is smarter than us. Literally. But nobody's also dumber than us, too. Literally. Literally. No, like, compared to how dumb some people are, we're not that dumb. That's true. That's true. But I feel like, unless you really feel like so dumb and so smart at all times, like you're not living. Yeah. No, that's like a, a famous quote, like from a philosopher. Like, um, like dumb people, like, Intelligent people question their thinking all the time. Okay, so that's dumb like, people are like, "Yeah, I'm right." <laughs> so true. Dumb that's pe- not the exact quote, but that's no, the it's takeaway. not. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't forget the accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm always right. No, it's true. Like dumb people are always wrong, um, which is fine. But they feel yeah. so right. It's okay to be wrong, but it's like the they're so indignant in their wrong. They wrongness. don't question their premises. Intelligent yeah. people are constantly questioning whether or not they're right. It's so important to constantly be asking questions, which we are. I'm I'm questioning everything. 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 The forty dollars is still sitting there, but I have a plan for it today because we're going to Target. Okay, and if you like. We're going to put it to work. That could be our lunch. We're going to put it to work. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm ready for lunch. I'm so early. I had my breakfast earlier than usual this morning. And so now I'm ready for lunch. There's really not a day that goes by where I don't wake up and like, I'm not immediately thinking about lunch. Yeah. Because I don't really eat breakfast. I've started eating like a nice, like balanced breakfast of just like some yogurt, granola and fruit. Which is really tasty, not very filling. No, and I've been watching Ginny and George. I'm about to finish the first season. And they have like a breakfast every morning, like with like a set table. Works. And like whatever it is, like eggs, but it's like there's a set table, like a pitcher of juice. And it really looks so nice. You know what? Maybe this weekend we'll do one big breakfast, breakfast morning. Because my friends are coming. Yeah. It's going to be like a really pop-in weekend. So we'll make like eggs, maybe some pancakes. French toast, pancakes. We'll have to get all the ingredients when we go to the At store Target. today. Yeah. No, um, like that's something definitely like I want for my future. I feel like, you know, when your kids start going to school, like you have to have like a breakfast in the morning. So that's when you start implementing like a- But still, it's like an ego. Still, but it's something. Yeah, but it's not, you know, fresh made eggs and I would prefer an ego over a fresh made egg. No, eggs are so good. If you can get them. If you can get them. It's such a privilege. And you saw that egg fire. (gasps) What? Like a farm, um, an egg farm went up in flames mysteriously, 100,000 chickens- Oh my God, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Seriously. Accidentally. Hmm. Hmm. Makes you 
No such thing as an accident. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, cool. Should we dive in? I think so. Brush Stray said he's ready, even though he's been a traitor. Ready for what? Ready for the Fast Five stories that he needs to know before he wakes up and has his mirning kibble. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Clinique. Clinique's multivitamin of makeup, because Clinique, even better, clinical serum foundation is a once a day foundation. It's formulated with three serum technologies that visibly reduce dark spots, brighten and hydrate skin once a day, every day for even better looking skin. Um, I just got a refill because I've used mine Same. up completely. It is the best foundation. First of all, just like in terms of makeup, like coverage, it's really, really beautiful. It lays so nice on your skin. It's buildable. So if you want like a sheer coverage or you want more full coverage, but I feel like whenever I used to wear foundations, it would like clog my pores. And at the end of the day, I'd be like red and just have all these different issues with my skin. But because the, the Clinique foundation is made with skincare, it has three serums built into it. I like have a visible difference in my skin when I take my makeup off. It's not like my makeup has been through battle all day and my skin has been through battle all day and now I'm finally taking it off. It's like actively working to just mellow my skin out. And in as little as eight weeks, your skin appears even more toned, more radiant, and smoother even after your makeup is removed. Calling it a foundation does not do it justice. It is a clinical foundation because it's built with three serum technologies. It's a hydrating formula. It provides 24-hour full coverage. It has a matte finish. It has a lightweight texture, a 24-hour color true wear. It is oil-free, waterproof, sweat and humidity resistant. It's non-acnegenic, non-caking, non-settling, non-creasing, non-pouring, and non-streaking it's a really really beautiful finish on your skin so your makeup will look great nothing will change like you'll still look snatched but you just know like the foundation that's laying on your skin is not actively working against you it's hydrating it has serums in it it's made with skincare the package is, is really beautiful but it's also sustainable so every glass bottle of the even better clinical serum foundation can be recycled you just remove the cap and the pump you'll rinse the glass bottle and then you'll place that in the recycling bin um it's available in 42 shades the shade matcher online works so well i got literally a perfect shade match. You can find your shade with the Clinique Clinical Ready Shade Match Science. It's a virtual try-on. It works really well. Just once a day for even better looking bare skin, shop the Clinique Even Better Clinical Serum Foundation this Valentine's Day. For 20% off, you can use the discount um, on their website. It's valid through Valentine's Day. You'll find your shade at Clinique.com and that's the Clinique Even Better Clinical Serum Foundation. It's 20% off through Valentine's Day um, at Clinique.com. So check that out. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stamps.com. It's the post office elevated. The postage rates in general, excuse me, just increased again. But luckily, Stamps.com has the best discounts in the industry. We are always using Stamps.com. I feel like since Jackie moved, we're probably using it even more, sending like merch samples back to each other. things. And honestly, there's no hell greater on earth than going to the post office. But thanks to Stamps.com, you don't have to because you get all the USPS Shipping rates, UPS too. You get all that access at your home. You can print postage, ship anything, any size, anywhere. They have been an indispensable uh, resources for over a million businesses, including the Toast. You can print postage wherever you do your business. Basically, all you need is a computer and a printer. Um, they'll even send you a free scale, so you have everything you need to get started. We love Stamps.com. It has been such a lifesaver one thing about us, we're not going to leave our houses, you know, and stamps.com is making that easy. You can get a four week trial, free postage and a, and a digital scale when you go to stamps.com slash toast. Thanks to stamps.com for sponsoring today's show. Again, that's stamps.com slash toast for a four week trial, free postage and a digital scale. Thank you, Turdy. You're welcome. Just want to say yes, 100,000 chickens burned in the Connecticut fire. And then I, I was just searching chicken farm fire. Mm -hmm. And in December, 250,000 chickens burned in Florida chicken farm. Someone's coming for the chickens. 
quarter of a million. Someone said it's coming for the chickens. That's 100K. Someone's coming for the chickens. Protect our chickens. Someone's coming for the chickens. You know who else they're coming for? Strice. Puxatawney Phil. As they should. Because yesterday or today, today is Groundhog's Day, 2023, and Puxatawney Phil predicted six more weeks of winter Does weather. he ever not? Like, my God. He's so negative. So unpopular. And it's like, Pux. If you just said it was going to be less, no one would hold you to it. No, he's so negative. I don't believe in like Groundhog's Day. And I feel like I'm actually having like Groundhog's Day right now because I feel like we have this conversation every single year. As we do, we need to acknowledge Groundhog's Day because it's just fucking sweet. No, it's just a sweet tradition. Like all these guys dress up like colonial men and it's just fucking funny. And like, I can't believe it still happens. I can't believe it still happens too, especially after, you know, the kind of scandal a few years ago where Bill de Blasio actually dropped Punxsutawney and killed him. And then they like covered it up at the zoo. Um, So I hope the new mayor is like having more respect for animals. Yeah. Um, and this is what I say every year. And like, I, I can never remember the answer. Is Groundhog's Day like an East Coast thing? Is it a global thing? Is it a nationwide thing? Like who abides by, or is it, you know what I mean? I think it's the nation. The nation. I can't imagine other countries caring about Puxatawney. Yeah. Um, but I feel like as a nation, this is national news, People Magazine, everybody's talking about what he saw, what he didn't see. And I know I ask this question again every year, but like, so it says six more weeks of winter, but like on the calendar, when does winter end? March? Uh, March 21st. That's every year. Does Punxsutawney change that? Like, no, 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 no. Okay, so what's the point? He's of winter weather. Oh, of winter weather. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So okay. he's, but like, I just feel like if in six weeks it was still cold and he had said, you know, it was going to be warmer soon, like we wouldn't be mad. Instead, like today we'd be happy. Right. And then in six weeks we'd be like, oh, it's cold. No, it's just interesting how there's really like no accountability for Punxsutawney. And I think we live in like accountability culture. But I like, feel like, no, I feel like bec- that's because of the accountability culture. That's why he always says it's going to be winter weather because he doesn't want to get it wrong and piss yeah. people off. Like, I feel like I might die before he actually doesn't see his shadow, you know, or does see his shadow. I don't it's know. confusing. Had he not seen his shadow in early spring would have been predicted. So he saw Let me tell you how that makes no sense. That makes no sense because you see your shadow in the sun. When there's sun. So I have flaw, I found flaw with the whole concept. Yeah, but the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration previously reported that Phil's predictions pan out just 40% of the time. So he's on par with meteorologists everywhere. Right, that's the thing. There's like really no accountability in, you know, the weather prediction. Yeah, and it's like meteorology is allegedly like this huge science. Like it's it's not like they're just guessing. Like they have they like- have radar. Right. They have- And yet they're radar. always wrong. I just find that and interesting. And there's no accountability for the human. So for me, if I'm going to be holding weather people accountable, I'm going to start at the human scientist the level. And then when I'm done with all of them, maybe I'll get to Puxatawney Phil. Speaking of accountability, do we have it as a story or can we talk about it now that Michaela made a return? It's not a story because she didn't say anything. I know, but we need to at least talk yes, about how like, w- this story has finally come full circle because Michaela after like of going radio silent for a week after the whole mascara lash we talked about it last week if you don't know what we're talking about go find the episode called Lashgate um she has returned with a big nothing burger she just like went back to her regular content she didn't feed the trolls which which like I love for her but like I did want like some drama you know like I wanted yeah. and like we like I wanted resolution like were you wearing them and also it's like it just felt a little wrong because it, I don't feel like she's one of those people who don't who doesn't care about yeah. all this drama. So 
it just felt like it was hovering as opposed to it being someone else who's like, I'm not giving this air. You know, it's, we know just based because we, she shares so much. We know she's not like an unbothered queen. Like she's actually yeah. very easily bothered. Mm-hmm. So to act like this wasn't, you know, didn't phase you at all. Like we know that's not true. Yeah. I just really, I but, wanted to get like a, a resolution. But I don't think Michaela lied. You don't. I don't think Michaela lied. I don't think people died. I actually know for a fact that nobody died. And it's so important to remember that. Chickens died. Yeah. And we should be talking about that. Michaela didn't lie. I don't think. You think you're standing by like you think it was a filter. I'm standing by that I think it was a filter. Therefore, when she said no lash was used, it wasn't a lie. And she doesn't need to get into the semantics of it. But she can sleep at night knowing she's not a liar. Okay. That's fair. I mean, we'll never know because she didn't tell us, but whatever. So that's my prediction. Because if she lied, she'd be like eating herself up. Yeah, I guess. And she'd feel the need to say something. You know, it's like guilty. It eats you up. Heavy is the head. Heavy is the head. That wears the guilt. And that's probably how Punxsutawney feels. Like it's a lot of responsibility. And he's only predicted in early spring 20 times since the tradition began in 1886. Oh, wow. Sounds like there's a flaw with this system. No, the flaw is that he doesn't want the backlash of getting it wrong. Yeah. So he'd rather overestimate winter and people be pleasantly surprised than be canceled. And you know what? I can relate. He's airing on, kind of like Dr. Phil, just like airing on the side of caution. <laughs> Dr. Punxsutawney Phil. Dr. Punxsutawney Phil. Episode they're title. Co- they're in cahoots. I love talking about Groundhog's Day. It's like one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah. I, and I'm like, now I'm being transported to like this conversation. We probably had the exact same conversation last year. But that's the point of Groundhog's Day, the movie. The same thing happens. Over and over again. I've actually never seen that film. Have you? I've seen most of it. I know the concept. I don't know how they break from the cycle of waking up on the same day every day. Right. Something crazy has to happen. Yeah. But I get the concept. Is they wake up every morning and it keeps being the same day. February 2nd, Groundhog's Day. And it's such, so interesting how um, like that movie and the concept of the movie has become just like a, a colloquial term. term. Yeah. yeah. It's like deja vu. It's Groundhog's, Groundhog's day. day. I like that. Yeah. That's why, stuff. that's why every year we have to have this conversation. I know. We would be doing our brand a disservice. And we'd be doing Puxatawney Phil. Like- these guys, they get up in the morning. So true. They put on this farce. Yeah. At least we could do is talk about it. And they've so been true. doing it for over 200 years. It's no, just less like, than 200 years. It's just so funny to me, like the whole concept of like, you know, everyone getting dressed up, going to town hall, Punxsutawney, whatever. It really feels like something, it literally I'm watching Ginny and George right now and Scott Porter, our favorite, you know, bad actor is the mayor of this like small town. It feels like this dumb thing like a small mayor would do. But it's like the mayor of New York City, like everyone gets involved. Yeah, no, but the, the mayor of New York City is not here. He wasn't there? No, this isn't like a New York City thing. It's a Pennsylvania thing. And I what? think, yeah. I feel like the mayor was there, like always no, there. No, he's not mentioned. Let's search. Wait, so. Eric Adams Groundhog. So it's not a New York thing. Why no. did I think that it was? Because you're just like. So self-involved. Yeah. That yeah. does track. But then there's also a Staten Island groundhog, Staten Island Chuck. Oh, all right. And that's where Mayor Adams would appear, but he appeared in a video message giving it the least. Tell me you don't care. He's doing the least. Wait, okay. Chuck? That makes me want to cry. Like, talk about being irrelevant. Yeah. Like, there's only one. I feel like every, every, like, state tries to do their own thing, but Puxatawney Phil is from Philadelphia. Oh. And he is the one. No, watch. he's the one, and he's the only really, you know, groundhog I respect, if I'm being honest. He comes from a long line of fills. Mm-hmm. I wonder where he lives the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Mayor Eric Adams skip Groundhog's Day activities to attend the funeral of an NYPD officer. So sorry. I take back everything I, I said. I take back what I Respect. said, too. Respect. Well, um, sounds like he didn't miss much because it's the same thing that happens every year. Yeah. yeah. It was Chuck. Chuck. Not Bill. Anyways, happy Groundhog's Day, everyone. Hope you're celebrating with someone you love. Or watching the film. Or watching the film. Next up, Jason Kelsey says his pregnant wife, Kylie, is bringing her OBGYN to the game as a Super Bowl guest as she is 38 weeks pregnant. Oh, to be rich. Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey and his family are ready for what's being dubbed the Kelsey Bowl. Speaking with his brother Travis on their podcast, the two discussed having their family members at the 2023 Super Bowl, where the Eagles will face off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Jason asked, are mom and dad sitting on your sideline? Are they Mm. sitting on my sideline? Travis said, we do have to figure that out because we each get a certain amount of tickets and I feel like you're going to have more of a family-oriented thing. Who said that? Travis. Right, because Jason has like kids and stuff. Yeah, but like, but then Jason said, I'm also bringing Kylie's parents. I'm bringing the girls. Like he might not have enough tickets for everyone. Yeah. He said Kylie's bringing her OB because she's going to be 38 weeks pregnant at the game. And then Travis was quaking saying, dude, dude, that could be a super Kelsey Bowl if she has a baby in the stadium. That, no, not in the stadium. It's officially it's- scripted. Travis said, we're in the matrix. There's no fucking way. I'm obsessed with these two. More so now we can dive into this conversation. More so Jason than Travis. I feel like Travis gets all the hype because he's like the younger, cuter, like single, single. And I think he's like, sorry, he's not cuter. They're both really cute, but he's like the more like bachelor type. Mm-hmm. And he's like a little bit more in the spotlight. Yeah. And especially like his position, position on the team. So I feel like we're all like Travis Owen. He happens to have a brother, Jason. But then you like get to know them and it's like, Jason's the star. Yeah. Jason's the star. Jason's the star. He's certainly the star of the podcast. Oh yeah. He's the one keeping it on the tracks. He's kind of like you. Totally. He's you and like, I'm Travis. And everyone's like, oh, it's like, you know, Travis, like we all know him. But then like you watch and you're like, Travis is annoying and like fat. No kidding. No, but it's like, if you like had a reality show, like I would just come and support and give you good advice. No, but then like if we had a podcast, which we do, people would come to the podcast and be like, wait, Jackie's the star of this show. She's got something to say. Yeah. I I actually, I see a lot of myself, unfortunately, in Travis. Yeah, but I, I love that for us. Travis is such a lovable dear. He is, but like I'm personally like I'm obsessed with Jason. Like I love that his wife is still coming no matter what with the OB. Hopefully, how she is just, she gonna fly? That's what I was thinking. But I don't know if you can't fly as a pregnant woman after seven months because it's not good for the baby or because you could potentially go into labor. It's because of the the pressure. Cabin oh. pressure could cause like labor maybe she'll take like an rv over the course of a week you know she'd have to start now it's a long drive from philadelphia it's not like it's in new york it's in arizona maybe if i listen to the whole episode i'll get the deets on how she's getting there yeah i'm curious about that too maybe they just fly really low yeah yeah but she's bringing the ob she could give birth on the plane but that's not ideal no not even close but like i love that for her yeah i hope she gives birth on super bowl night after when the game is done so it's actually, I think people are always surprised to learn like when you're, you know, even like the wife of a player, it's like really hard to get tickets for you and your family. I think you get like literally four. Um, that's why I really feel like a brand needs to enter here and sponsor a box. Like for the Kelsey For the Kelsey family. Yeah, bring in, you know, some of the systems might needed if she did go into labor. Right. And like just kind of have like a, a Kelsey cam. Yeah. Streaming on Twitter or like Periscope, you know? A brand really needs, needs to get involved and like buy a box for the entire Kelsey family and just like make them, you know dance for us yeah I totally agree they're missing an opportunity oh for sure I'm sure some someone's working on it and if they're not like please like if you're listening and you like work at a brand like don't be dumb it should be like Heinz like an iconic Bud Light like an iconic Super Bowl Doritos yeah 
Doritos Cam. Kelsey Cam brought to you by Doritos. Everyone is talking about this. Yeah. And like for a brand to not get involved. I wonder if there's like. They could sponsor the family. Yeah. I wonder if there's like regulations. Like you can't sponsor a player, but the family. Yeah. And also like. It's the Kelsey Bowl. This has never happened before. Rules go out the window. It's unprecedented. Rules go out the window. It's unprecedented. But we are starting to see some like Super Bowl content. Yeah. So that's our next story. Which is so, I'm obsessed. A Super Bowl commercial from Bud Light featuring Miles Teller and Kelly Teller. They are giving a sneak peek at their home life in the new Super Bowl ad for Bud Light where they are on hold with customer service. Miles cracks open the Bud Lights and they make a... Uh, they make the most of it. They make the most of 96 minutes on hold, dancing feel, to hold music. Oh, excuse me. I have to sneeze. Hold on. <sighs> Thank you. Bless you. I do feel like this was really good marketing because this was definitely the year of Miles Teller, but mm-hmm. it was also like the year of Miles Teller and his wife. Yeah. Like the Taylor Swift music video, Miles Teller going so viral on TikTok and then Kelly stepping in and being like, move over, bitches. Like, yeah, just he's married. He's married. So like, you know. It really was the year of the Tellers. So this is such like... Smart marketing. I loved it. And is the concept so of the commercial. It's marketing. I think it's marketing. The concept of the commercial is cute and stuff, but just like the idea that somebody partnered with them, genius. Genius. Huge. Makes me want a Bud Light. Desperately. Yeah. And their dog is in the commercial too. Which so the brethren felt represented. It was beautiful for everyone. You love to see brethren representation. Yeah. So and important. also like Miles Teller's dance moves have yep. like had a had a moment this year, so we got more dancing from him. It just reminds me of his role in Footloose, which should not I, be overlooked. Jackie, when he was doing like that little footwork in the commercial, I thought the same thing. And he definitely learned that when he was on the set of Footloose, and the little girls were teaching him how to dance. He and it's like so funny did. that his role in that film is that he doesn't know how to dance when it's like he's a dancer, known for being a dancer now. Yeah, yeah, he's that, a professional dancer. The commercial really should have been set to. What's that gotta, gotta No, no. The one where he, the, from the montage where he learns how to dance um, about, let's hear it for the boy. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Let's hear it for the boy. Let's give the boy a hand. Ooh. Let's hear it for my baby. You know you gotta understand. It's hard to hit those notes. Oh, baby, he's no Romeo, but he's my loving one-man show. Oh, 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 let's hear it for the bros. Do, 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 do. Such a good song. That's what the commercial should have been, too. Yeah, I do feel like Super Bowl commercials have been falling off recently. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be that's what you watch for. Maybe that's what I watch for. And now, like, I'm just so into the football. It's like, I'll use the commercial break to use the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> We've kind of, like, evolved. We have evolved. No, but I do feel like they've been really shitty. Cringe. Cringe, stupid. and this, Trying so hard. And it doesn't need to be like that. You don't need to, like, you know, try and solve the world's problem. Like, you, no, just sell your... Chips. And though it's just it's just like be funny or creative. I think like now the goal for brands is like either to have the most celebrities per capita, like just in your commercial, or you need to make us cry. And it's like, why? Yeah. Just be funny and like sell your product. It's they just not- have like so many boxes they're trying to check. It's yeah. just like make the chips look tasty. No, no, and like do it in a funny way. It doesn't have to be funny. It could just be like smart. Smart, tasty, whatever. And if you want to have a celebrity, sure, but it's like literally the, every frame it's like, "Wait, it's the TikToker. Oh, now it's the pro athlete." Like enough. Yeah. I and you know what? I feel like so many brands when they invest in lay people, Jake from State Farm, uh-huh, flow. Flo. So true. All Iconic. state. All state. I mean, I, that guy is literally America's sweetheart. Gecko. The Gecko. I mean, he's not even a person. These are iconic things as opposed to just like another somebody who's going to sell themselves for something else next year. You know what's a great commercial that like 
it's it's been around for a while now that has different versions and I first thought it was annoying, but now I think it's funny. I think it's State Farm or Progressive. Progressive helps you stop you from becoming your parents. And they've like the dads going into Lowe's, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's cute. I like that one. Yeah. There's a lot like of good beat. stuff out there. Invest in lay people. Invest in lay people. Well, we've got a lot to offer. Are we lay people? Invest in us. Well, we're like we're like, you know, standing on the border between lay people and Z list. We're you know? semi lay. We're a slay. We're slay people. Yeah, that's so true. Are you ready for our next story? Some legal news. Oh yeah. Tom Girardi has been indicted for allegedly embezzling more than $15 million from clients. That's a grand right. jury like has it more. It's hard to nail down. So like I'm, I'm, they found 15. Okay. A grand jury has indicted Tom Girardi for allegedly embezzling more than $15 million from his clients. The Department of Justice announced Wednesday. The disgraced attorney was charged with five counts of wire fraud according to a copy of the indictment obtained by page six. Girardi and Christopher Kazua Kamen, the former controller and chief financial officer of the law firm Girardi Keese, are accused of lying to their clients in order to misappropriate settlement funds. The attorney and his former CFO allegedly used the client's winnings to fund payroll, other client settlement funds that have previously been misappropriated, and personal expenses. Yikes. I mean, this does feel like a moot point because we know yeah, Tom like, is not... He wasn't charged yet. What have we been talking about? No, and right, I feel like Erica was charged. <laughs> but Tom is also not fit to stand trial. So, like, I don't think any of this... Perhaps the other person, but not Tom. Yeah. He's, like, in a living facility. He has dementia. He's, like, literally 90 pounds. Yeah. People like that, no matter... He's in no, a conservatorship. Right, like, I think no matter their crimes, unless I feel like... The only people which I love who they let, you know, stand trial are like uh, underground Nazis. Like they, those fuckers still stand trial no matter how frail they are. But I feel like, you know, especially for a financial crime, it's terrible. Yeah. But I don't think this will, this has any legs. Or that justice will be really served. For Tom, maybe the other guy. Maybe the other guy. And who is Keys? Where is Keys? Right. Was he involved or did he really like not know? And Girardi like... I mean, if we're going to say Erica knew, then Keith's fucking knew. Such a good point. Such a good point. Keith with his name on the door doesn't know where payroll's coming from. Although I do, you know, now really believe Erica did not know. Yeah. Yeah. What, you don't? No, no, no. I hadn't thought about my position in a while, but I, I believe that is a very distinct possibility as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just plausible deniability. Yeah, I mean... Tom wouldn't even like let her like come to work events with him. She wasn't like coming to the office and looking through the books. Yeah, it just like it was a I had needed to come to terms with the fact that their marriage wasn't what I thought it was. Like I really all these years in the way that she like yeah. described it, especially in her book, like really as much as of a marriage as equal, of equals as it could have been be. given their situations. Mm -hmm. And so it was more so realizing like, oh no, she was just like in a marriage with like a nasty old guy yeah. who was controlling and she made it look like something that it wasn't. Right, correct. So coming to terms with that. That's what I've been coming to terms with. I'm so glad you've been working on that. I didn't know you were working through all of that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that I was working on that because yeah. of- Because you're constantly Hills. working on so many things, like the redheads. The chickens. The chickens, yeah. Um, and Beverly Hills hasn't been on in a while, so I forgot where I stood, but that is where. It's really crazy. Like, I have, and I, I know you too, like, I don't watch Bravo. I will watch Beverly Hills. I turned on Real Housewives of Miami the other day because I like I'm into it when I watch it, but I was watching too slowly, like too many pauses and they are still in Key West and they're about to see a shaman and there's just no way I'm getting through that. Yeah. I don't actually don't really consider Real Housewives of Miami Bravo because it's on Peacock. Um, and like 
at one point, like maybe I will finish the season, but like yeah. my life no longer revolves around Salt Lake City, Potomac, Beverly Hills, New York. I think, and, and it depends what I see when I when it comes back, but I might still watch Beverly Hills, yeah. but I'm done with everything else. Yeah. Even though there's like stuff going on in Potomac because I like follow Housewives Twitter that like actually seems interesting in the sense that, you know, Robin Dixon, who's tortured us over the last few years with her storyline being just like me and Juan getting married, me and Juan affair, me and Juan this, me and Juan that. Um, apparently she got married like off camera and like surprised everyone. It's like, oh, we had to sit through the tortures. We don't even get to see the wedding. And then she made a Patreon episode talking about an affair that Juan had. And it's like, that all seems like interesting stuff for the reality show that you're on. You know, if mm-hmm. only we had got, it's like, that's like actually rude. Like taking advantage of people's time like that. So people are really mad at, at Robin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know if I could I, get interested in Robin. No, yeah, no, but I like I, I that's like the extent of my knowledge. I have no idea you know, what's I've going been on. I've seeing people are freaking about it, but um, I'm out. I'm, I'm out off the hamster wheel, and it feels yes, that's exactly what it is—a hamster I'm free. wheel. I'm free to do what I want any old time. I really am. Like it feels good. I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Feels good, freeing. And that was like Roni Legacy, probably not happening. I'm really free. Yeah. Our fifth and final story, you ready? It's a little wow. more reality TV show news, though. Sure. So maybe, you know, you won't be free much longer. So true. Sylvester Stallone's reality show, The uh, Family. Like I'll be free. <laughs> the Family Stallone, which is a good title. Yeah. Like The Family Stone. The Family oh, Stallone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will premiere this spring on Paramount Plus. Oh, out of this gave me like E vibes. Yeah. But E doesn't invest in anything anymore. They're just like waiting for someone to rescue them. No, E invests in people for like a few months and then you never hear about the show again. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone is gearing up to share a whole new side of himself. On Thursday, Paramount Plus announced that the new eight-part docuseries, The Family Stallone, starring him and his wife and his daughters, will premiere this spring. Also, his show that he's on right now is on Paramount Plus also, Mm. Tulsa King. So he's just like a Paramount Plus king and i think he's in a super bowl commercial for them cute i mean i think this family is like ripe for reality tv i don't know if we're like still in the era of of family reality tv shows like i don't know i kind of feel like even with their kardashians like i don't i i didn't even finish the second season like i do feel like format wise this might be a little dated but i do think this family is perfect for it it's worth a shot for sure um and I forget what else. It I reminds me of like add. Bradshaw Bunch. Yeah. Like really pretty, cool oh, kids. And the recent drama about like him and his wife getting divorced and now they're not getting divorced and like they're they're well enough to do a show together. Like no, interessant. Ma- yeah, it makes me think it was like, you know. For the, no. It kind of makes me think that. No, I don't think so. Because like, why would we care? You know? No, no. I don't think it was for press. I don't know. Makes you think. But I'm sure they'll be discussing it on their reality show. But the daughter, I love a reality show that's now called the docuseries. I know. Like, I love that rebrand. Rebrand. Yeah. But the daughters are, like, super cute. They have a podcast. They're, like, young Hollywood girlies. Yeah. So, um. They're, like, close in age, and they look alike, and that bodes well. And they're, like, perfect for reality TV. So, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Um. Trace, do you want a reality show? I think, kind of if I could speak for him, mm. really. I think he thinks, you know, the format is like a little dated and, and he would like to do something a little bit more, you know, new media, new age, something that kind of nobody else has done before, like like a podcast. Do you want a podcast? But if Bryce had a podcast, what would he say? 
oh, he would talk about his passions. Which because are? Because he's passionate about a couple things okay. that have just, they completely to overtake his life. He's passionate about scratchies and the healing power of scratchies. And I know that's what he would want to share with everyone. Yeah, and just maybe like he would travel to different countries and show people the power of scratchies. And how to scratch best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, some people, he's like, no offense, like, I love my father, but his nails are not Too short. cut out for scratchies. Yep. Like, don't bother. Yeah. Or maybe we could build like a scratchy attachment. Right. Maybe like Joy Mangano wants to get involved. That's such a Joy Mangano product. <laughs> Literally. I've been thinking about Joy Mangano so you said her much name yesterday. because of this book we read for the Redheads, The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. She was kind of like an inventress and just has like all of these things that she's credited for that we use in everyday life. Mostly food tings. Uh, and that's so joy. So joy. What is joy up to? What was the last joy product? I'm sure she put one out yesterday. Let's look it up. No, joy did invent like the slimline hanger, right? Like yeah. the velvet. Yeah. No, it's like everything in your house, like joy. What was like the product from the film? It was that a mop. mop. That, that mop like, you ring out. That rung itself. It was like a self ringing mop, which she obviously didn't uh, predict Swiffer sweepers coming no, in. No, no. Because that just. But I still think like she made bank on the. On the OG product. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's see. She has the Miracle Mop, Huggable Hangers, Forever Fragrant, Home Odor Neutralizers, mm. a, a Close It All Luggage System, mm. Performance Platforms, a shoe, Comfort and Joy Textiles, Shades Readers, a line of reading glasses. So now she's just like a QVC queen, like making lines of everything. But her first like, and kind of hallmark invention was, was the, the self ringing mop. Yes. Yeah. That movie's so good. It is so good. Did Jennifer Lawrence win the Oscar for that? Like she was incredible. I don't think she did. I don't think she did either. That's really? like definitely some of her best work. She won for um, Silver Linings, which was great too, but I think Joy was better. Yeah. Joy's so good. I didn't love Silver Linings, but you know that. I know you didn't. I liked I it a lot. It was so random. It, it was like a movie about question mark, <laughs> but the it was. Eagles. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. It was actually like, I think underlying like a story about a man with a severe gambling problem, but like they never got into they that. They gambled? The dad is a bookie. Oh, I thought Bradley Cooper. No, no, sorry. I don't think the dad's the bookie. The dad has a bookie. And like, he literally is like every Sunday betting. And it's like, we're all focusing on like Bradley Cooper's problems. And, and he definitely has and problems. the dance. The dance question mark. Yeah, no, the movie's like a, definitely like a, a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah. Like if you ask me like, Claudio, What's the, actually, I would love to he, see what the one-liner about Silver Linings Playbook is. Like, I'll tell you. What is the description? Because it, it's quite literally a movie about nothing. Mm -hmm. Silver Linings Playbook on Google. After losing his job and wife and spending time in a mental institution, Pat Solitano winds up living with his parents. He wants to rebuild his life and reunite with his wife, but his parents would be happy if he just shared their obsession with the Philadelphia Eagles. Things get complicated when Pat meets Tiffany, who offers to help him reconnect with his wife if he will do something very important for her in exchange. I mean, that does like really sum up what the movie's about, but again, it doesn't say like what this movie is about. Right, and what's like the moral of the story? What's the... The moral of the story is sometimes what you're looking for is right in front of you. Yes. That's what the moral of That's the story is. That's always a good moral. Like all, all he wanted was like his wife because he wanted like family and stability but he, and love. But he literally had that with Jennifer Lawrence and in his own home. But he yeah. was just like too obsessed with his ex-wife to see it. Yeah. That's what the movie's about. I think it was a book first. I could see that being like a better plot for a book yeah. where like nothing happens. That's not but what Rome like, was about. We sat down for a movie. I want a real movie. Yeah. And that's why you should watch Joy. Yeah. To bring the point back home. For some joy. 
Um, well, what's so delightful about today's episode is that it's far from over. We have coming up next our interview with Taylor Lautner. I hope you guys enjoy it. And his wife, Taylor, the Taylor Lautners. They're both named Taylor. Um, I hope you enjoy it. It's, you know, if you're a twihard, you're really going to love it. And it is brought to you by Canopy. For a long time, I've been using a humidifier for my skin, my sleep, and my overall wellness. But the problem is that traditional models are notorious for being ugly and impossible to maintain. Ugly. Let's talk about that. Well, I was married to a man who would literally, he's obsessed with humidifiers. I didn't really get it. And he would pick up the ugliest ones yeah. from the side of the road. Like, the uglier, the better. They make, they're disgusting. They get moldy. They make like the weirdest sounds at night. And they don't actually do like work. And so... I was like against humidifiers. Like Ben used to want to bring one with us when we traveled. I'm like, no, they're it's literally placebo. And then I got the canopy one. I think I was influenced the first time I got it from Lauren Bostic. And I understood like the hype around. And I didn't even realize like my whole life I've been waking up with like the driest nose, like this like sore throat because like there was no moisture in my esophageal area. Um, and the canopy humidifier is game changing. So it's recommended by leading dermatologists. The canopy humidifier is a completely reimagined humidifier that elevates your home for the ultimate in skincare and wellness benefits. Their unique features and design make it the easiest, cleanest humidifier out there. And it is truly healthy skin's best kept secret. It's also not busted looking like it's nice. Like you can leave it on your nightstand and it looks just like a nice, you know, vibe for your home. It contributes to the feng shui. They have a clean, no mist moisture that effortlessly, effortlessly hydrates your skin to combat dryness, dullness, and fine lines and wrinkles. Its hassle-free technology inhibits mold growth, and the parts go right in the dishwasher. It's that easy. It shouldn't be that hard to clean your humidifier, and Canopy understands that. Throwing it in the dishwasher, genius. I feel like after a week of these like old, crusty humidifiers, it would turn like brown and green. It's so gross. And then it's like actively working against you. So if you want to get a canopy, which we highly recommend, go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your canopy humidifier purchase today with Canopy's filter subscription. So even better, you can use code toast at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Your skin will thank you. So that was today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, but it's not over yet. Stay tuned for our interview with Taylor Lautner from Twilight and his wife, Taylor Lautner. She is a nurse. She's adorable. And you guys will really enjoy the interview. So thanks for listening to the show today. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday, but enjoy the, enjoy the interview girlies. Love ya. Bye. Welcome back to the toast. I am quaking. I'm so excited for today's guests. It is going to be a little confusing because I am sitting down with Taylor Lautner. And I'm also sitting down <laughs> with Taylor Lautner. Welcome, Taylor Lautners. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Thank for, you for having, having us. us. I feel like that's a perfect segue into my first question for you guys is having the same name. You just got married. Yes. I told you this. I feel like every time I see you, I'm like, I have friends named Taylor who also are married, <laughs> but they didn't change it. But I do. And they chose not to change their names. But you guys went for it. We did. Let's talk about that. We did go for it. I, 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 we've talked about it a lot before we got married, but yeah. I, I was just like, I, what do you want to do? And she's like, I don't know. And then I was like, well, I, whatever you want to do, I'm fine with. And she's like, well, I mean, before I met you, I was always planning right. on yeah. taking whoever I married's last name. So I don't know why it would change that. That's fair. I mean, we know why it would change yeah. that. <laughs> and so when, yeah. you, when you did the hard launch on Instagram, I was shook because I was like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> the username Taylor Lautner already is taken. Yes. So you have a Tay Lautner. And I think for this, the purpose of this interview, just to keep things cut and clear, I will yeah. be calling you Tay. Tay and Great. Taylor. Tay yeah. and Taylor. Yeah. yeah. We also do boy Tay, girl Tay, if that. Oh. 
that's cute. We started with like Tay and Taylor Uh because we thought that would like simplify things. And honestly, all of our friends just started calling us boy Tay and girl Tay. That actually is super helpful. But you guys don't have nicknames like my other friends, Taylor and Taylor, who I told you about. Uh, One of them goes by Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, which is helpful. Okay. No, well, before we were married, I went by Tay Dome, and that was always, but now that we are yeah. one, that's... I do also, like, consider you Tay Dome. Yeah. Like, just because Instagram is, like, my life. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to call you Tay Dome. I don't know if that'll ever change. Yeah. Do you yes. miss your last name? I think parts of it. Yeah, maybe. I miss Tay I miss your last name. Yeah. It's a great last name. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like it doesn't feel that weird saying my new name because it's his name. Because it already Because I've been saying that name. Yeah. So it doesn't really. I've been really... saying that name for five years. Yeah. And now it's just weird referring to it as yourself. I know. It is. And it's also like the legacy of Taylor Lautner. Like you're taking on a big name. I am. And I know you're like a Twilight girly, which is like really why we connected. <laughs> um, and we also connected because we were both on the right side of history being Team Edward. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, Taylor, like how that I'll feels leave. like even your wife, the person who's supposed to love you most in this world, yeah. was Team Edward. Yeah. See, I'm fine with it mm-hmm. because, one, I feel like I've converted her. Uh, you know what? I think you did. Yes. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, so I, I hadn't seen the movies oh. in like, this is a scoop right now. Ooh, I've, I've never scoop, said this. Scoop. And I feel like I'm going to get like a little bit of hate. Okay. I'll always have Jacob's back. A hundred percent. But I haven't seen the movies or I hadn't in like almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it was like a year ago. And we were in a hotel. It was actually, I was getting off of work <sighs> and I was coming home from the hospital and he was in the hotel room watching, watching Twilight. Twilight by himself. The fact that you would like have that experience without me is actually hurtful, <laughs> but continue. I'll invite you over next time. <laughs> Please. It was one of like the E, like. They replay yeah. it all the time. Literally five of them in a row. Yeah. And I was so bored at this yeah, hotel. Clearly. She's at work. I'm like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was scrolling through and like New Moon was on. And I was like, yeah, why not? I mm-hmm. hadn't seen it in like 10 years. Oh, my God. And I watched like New Moon, Eclipse, and maybe like the first half of the first Breaking Dawn, like uh-huh. back to back, just in bed by myself. Iconic. And as I was watching it, I was like, I kind of get it. Jacob's right. a little annoying. A little problematic. Like, I, I love Jacob mm-hmm. and his heart, but he's a little annoying. Okay, you know what? Like we stand growth and yeah. and evolution, and that's huge of you to say. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. No, thank that, you. My heart is beating out of my chest right and now. And you know what? I really I can't even um like put into words like the <sighs> impact Twilight actually had on me. Like I always tell everyone, I'm like a Twilight, and I mean it in like a serious way. Like I think those were some of the best movies ever made. And like when I tell you, it, like brought me and my family together. Me and my sisters loved it. Like it really was. It was, every, it, it still is, like, it is everything. It was so good. And I'm and I'm curious if, like, the discourse, like, nationally being, like, Team Edward, Team Jacob, like, affected you at all? Because, like, it's that, like, toxic masculinity thing, yeah. like, put, putting two people against each other. I'm sure you guys actually were friends at the time. Like, did that get to you at all? Um, I feel like I'd be lying if I said no. Right. It's, yeah. I don't, and I was so young. Like, I right. was... I was 16 mm-hmm. when Twilight came out, 17 yeah. for New Moon and Eclipse. 
Um, I finished the franchise by the time I was 19. That's so crazy. So, yeah, I was so young. And, yeah, I do feel like it was very strange, um, you know, traveling the world and being in different cities and having, like, thousands of screaming fans either take your side or the other guy's side. Right. And, like, we're a team. Yeah. Like, we're both just trying to make the best, you know, movies. But it, yeah, it was a little bizarre, the, like, competitiveness. Yeah. And there wasn't a competitiveness between In me real and Rob. Life. But having that constant reminder, mm-hmm. definitely. It's toxic. Yeah, I think it, it definitely had an impact. And I know you guys are really into mental health and, like, vocal about it. And I'm curious because I feel like a lot of that comes from you, Tay, girl Tay. Were you as in tune with your mental health before you met your wife? Absolutely not. Really? No, um, I feel like she she like took it out of me. Oh, like, that's so nice. Like I, I I think I was dealing with stuff yeah. that I couldn't even put Process. my my finger on. Yeah. Like I didn't even know why. And then I think it took you know meeting Tay and us just having great intentional conversation together, um, both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but having a, a safe place where. Um, you know, I felt okay being like, yeah, you know what? It was tough. I'm not okay. Yeah. I probably am dealing with some stuff mm-hmm. that started when I was 16 years old. Yeah. And now I'm 30 and still haven't really addressed it. Dealt with it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm very thankful for that. That's awesome. How did you guys meet? His sister. Oh, I love that. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> um, a mutual friend. Um, my best friend and a girl that she went to school with, same person. Um, I met. Taylor's sister threw her, and I think I'd met her, like, twice. Um, and after the second time, she called Taylor and was like, hey, you need to throw a game night. I have a girl for you. Oh, I love I that. I want to bring her over. And, I mean. I know. orchestrated this game night. Love that. Yeah. My sister came and brought, like, five or six of her friends. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, organic. And I had no clue that there was a setup. Setup. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the best way to go into it. Like, yeah. Like, nothing to lose. Yeah. It, yes, agreed. For her, not but for you. But it took her forever I to really? pick up on Taylor, what was going Taylor's on. like the sweetest human ever and I know I say like him hitting on me I didn't know he was like hitting on me because <sighs> he was just being so nice like just normal well also because I feel like just like guys nowadays are just so like right and know? the elephant in the room is like you're this larger than life personality we yeah. grew up watching you how do you navigate that yeah I mean I wish I was better at it. I'm just awful at like. I mean, it worked out. Yeah, it that's did. true. Maybe you're not that bad. But it, Look at you now. <laughs> it took like a good month in multiple hangouts for her to even realize that you were trying. Like I like I, I asked for her number and like I'm <laughs> texting her and this whole time I'm texting her every day. She thinks I'm just wanting to chat with my sister's friend. My sister's six years younger than me. Right. Um. So it yeah it it took it took some work but we got there. And you guys just got married, right? How long has it been? Uh, almost three months. What was two months now by the time this airs? Right, right. Yeah. What was the wedding planning process like? Like me and Jackie speak on the podcast all the time how it was genuinely one of the worst times of my life. Um, did you guys have the similar experience <laughs> or no? Um, at times. We had hiccups. For yeah. sure. Definitely had some bumps in the road. Yeah. We, I feel like us being, like both of us being very involved 
made it like better and sometimes worse. Totally. Um, but we yeah. liked the same things. We knew we wanted the same thing. We had a small We didn't disagree wedding. on anything. It you just know. was like, and we we love our wedding planner. He was phenomenal. Yeah. But like we also like know what we want. Mm-hmm. So I think the three of us just being very involved is helpful. Yeah, it was good and sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. uh, There was also times where I was like, like I just didn't care. Like the biggest thing I I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted like flat, like I love flowers. Me too. Yeah. I knew like I wanted that, but I knew the colors I wanted, but no, no Brazilla. No, our wedding planner would bring up something. I'd be like, nah, whatever you think. Right. Right. You guys are so chill. Couldn't be me. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with Chill it. Chill with that. And so can we talk about your background a little? Because I feel like I wouldn't, if I'd met, known you both separately, I would never have paired you together. You come from totally different backgrounds. Yeah. Very. You grew up in California, correct? But mm-hmm. not in the way that you grew up in California, yeah. Boy Taylor. Like correct. you were very much acting from the time you were, what, 11? Technically eight. Well, I started when I lived in Michigan and oh. I was eight at the time. Moved to L.A., when I was 11. Mm-hmm. And you really like wanted it? That was like what your passion was? I didn't see it coming. Um, I was like, I grew up just playing like every sport possible. And I mean, the main thing I did was extreme martial arts. Really? And That's how I can flip. <laughs> oh, right. Jacob was always doing the most. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the most. Um, yeah, so I, that was my life from like, Five until 13, 14 was hmm. like just once a month traveling the country, sometimes world for tournaments. Um, and it was my karate instructor who lived here in L.A. was actually the Blue Power Ranger. Wow. And he was like, I think you should like give acting a shot. I think hmm. you'd be good. And for a while I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, and he finally convinced me uh, and my family to come out during a summer, go on some auditions, see if I like it. We mm. stayed with him. Very sweet. Um, he got me an agent. Wow. And uh, yeah, I I didn't book anything for right. that whole summer. Of I course. got a couple callbacks and yeah. I was like, this is fun. Went back home to Michigan. My parents were like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do this. And they were super supportive. Very. Wow. Yeah. So they That's were like, awesome. okay, well, if you want to do it. You know, we probably have to move to L.A. We can't really because we actually for almost two years did it from Michigan. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, it was really rough. I can only imagine on them. Right. Um, So, yeah, we eventually made the move and very, yeah, very supportive family. And how long before like how long were you here before things started to take off? Like Shark Boy and Lava Girl was the first thing. It was kind of crazy. That was the first big thing. And that was own. It was less than a year before we. Wow. Yeah. Or after we moved out. I know. Huh. It was and everything changed after that? Kind of. You know, it kind of came in waves for me. Like, I did Shark Boy, and then right after that, I did Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Um, I think I was, like, 14 when I did that. Such a good movie. Very good movie. Literally, like, nobody talks about how that is. Those two movies are some of the best movies ever made. <laughs> I could watch that movie. And Star Studded, my God, Steve Martin, Hilary Dove. Pepper I know Parabo. Eugene Levy like Eugene Levy yes I know it's <laughs> so yeah. good um so then after that I kind of hit like a a dry spell hmm. and I I was going to public school the whole time so I was going to high school on the football team and uh, a few years went by where I just 
couldn't get anything and wow. i was like maybe that was the run for me shark boy we like sad like as a kid but went during that period i I, th- I think a bit i think a little bit of like oh i thought things were like going up right like, i was 12 yeah. years old playing a superhero right and you got like a break and you think after yeah. that it's all easy and now i'm getting like crumbled papers thrown at me in the back of the head right. during geometry oh um yeah. so i think it was a little defeating um yeah, and then and then the Twilight audition came up. The best day of my life, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell me about your background. So you grew up totally different part of California. Um, actually, ironically, the same, literally <gasps> the same city. We moved out to, like, my hometown. Oh, my, that's so kismet. I love that. Yeah, very, yeah. very random. Hour, hour and a half outside of L.A. But you didn't know each other. No, we didn't. Yeah, no. but then she she got to know, or not like personally, but she knew of my sister. They're oh. only one year apart. We went to like rival high schools, right? So Facebook, like, you know, you know who the other is. I'd yeah, like say hi to her, but we yeah, weren't, we weren't friends. Yeah, but yeah, and that's kind of how that started. Yeah, but grew up very normal, regular girl, mi- middle class family, just right. chilling. I danced my whole life. Oh, so look at you! That was that. But yeah, I never like experience the industry aside from like the creepy guys that come up to you at the mall that say you should that get an agent you're a model or whatever that was <laughs> right that's so funny uh, but yeah no that was very different upbringings and so now that you have collided these two very different lives i'm curious what like how do you digest all that comes with taylor you know Taylor, your husband, the guy who walks the dogs, like does hopefully the chores. Um, but there's this whole other life that he has, like yeah. on the other side. And I'm curious, like, I don't know, how do you, how does that become normal? You know, that's a good question. I feel like Diane Sawyer. we, Diane Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, you know, I always say that Taylor's just like. He's just like the most normal person. You are. Like life with him, like if you're sitting at dinner with him, you're not like, he's not this like, not, I was going to say charismatic, but like you're not an eccentric, like you don't, he doesn't like act any. Suck the air out of the room. You know, like he's just like, he's my little like golden retriever when I call him. He's just like, he's the nicest human. Like he's so normal. Like you can stick him in anywhere and he fits in great. Um, But I mean, it was definitely like an adjustment, like. I think one of our first dates, like we were getting back in the car and like paparazzi was shooting <gasps> us and he like puts the sun visor down and I was like, what are you doing? Right, like you like, have a protocol. Yeah. Like he knows, like he was like, this is what you do. Or like even on our mini moon, like we're out in the water and he's like, okay, look for boats. They're going to be taking photos. Oh. Sure enough. We're literally pointing at the boat that he's like, this could be a boat, you know? So I feel like paparazzi culture is so toxic for people's mental health, especially if you have like yeah. body image issues. It's awful. Oh so gosh. I cannot like I cannot imagine being thrown into it like within a matter of weeks. Yeah. And I'm curious like what that was like. She handles it like a pro. Really? Though. Like I, it, it's much worse on me than her. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd say. You're- I think it. Yeah, I think it depends. I think the worst, obviously the worst one was after our wedding. There was a leak somehow of our wedding and um and of our out, first but, look so uh, it was the first moment that i saw her right in, in her the dress. dress she sees me like very emotional moment Aww. and like that was we were like waiting to post because we were doing this whole feature with vogue stunning and, by the way um thank you. loved that um 
but we woke up after the wedding like the weekend went so great everything mm-hmm. went absolutely perfect like i literally couldn't have asked for a better weekend and we woke up like to that story and to those photos and it was like like sure take photos at the grocery store like i don't care i'll be in my sweats and sweatshirt no makeup i, right. I, I just don't i don't care she never cares i never seen her this upset but, i mean that's like a deeply personal intimate moment yeah, yeah when that's like a moment that i've like dreamed about for yeah. so long and i i was i was i was hot mess but but yeah it's just that that was that's probably been one of the biggest like moments in our relationship that i've been like well this sucks like yeah you know we're yeah so did you give her any sort of like intro like once you guys started getting serious did you have to have like a talk about like just certain things in your life that are not normal but that are normal for you or you just sort of let it happen like the paparazziing Okay, Diane, that's a really good uh, question. Did I? I don't know if it was like, like you know, we're dating. Like, here's the protocol. No, like, yeah. here's what's going to yeah. happen if we go out. It was, I mean, at the very beginning, sometimes, like, when we were out, like, we wouldn't, like, hold hands. Right. Or, like, that was, like, right in towards the beginning. But we, I mean, we didn't post. Yeah, but we once we, like, came out publicly. Hard launch. Yeah. Did hard launch. Did I, like, be like, okay, like, this is some of the kind of stuff that happened. I feel like I just kind of let it happen naturally. And when something happened, just be like, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's- or if we're going into a situation, it'd be like, like, if we're going to, like, a party or right, to a event. show or to, like, but well, before we did, like, a carpet, you'd be like, this is the rundown. Because I'm not, I, yeah, don't, I don't you know don't what know. the right, carpet is. Right. So, <laughs> what did like, you wear on your first carpet? Um, This really pretty purple dress. I couldn't tell oh you my who gosh. it's. But I can't remember. Were you nervous? Was I? I don't. She also doesn't get nervous. Well, it's I grew, so annoying. You're like built for this life, girl. Like, yeah. we gotta get you in movies. Yeah, um, I, I grew up dancing. It throw me on a stage. I'll oh. talk in front of people, and I'm fine. Like that's oh, like that's comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, small. Even though I do love intentional conversations, <laughs> small groups where I have to like that is harder for me than like I, being in front of people. I completely agree. Like a smaller room of like familiar faces. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather do it in front of 50,000 yeah, people that I don't know. Yeah, you on, on a stage, stage at I MSG. I completely agree. I <laughs> totally agree. We're on the, like what's more awkward than talking to people you know? Like kill me. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> um, and then I'm curious if there was another moment in your guys' relationship where you had to sit down and tell him you were Team Edward. <laughs> yeah, when did I tell you that? You made a TikTok that was so fucking funny. Like, it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my <laughs> life about how you marry Jacob and you are Team Edward. When that trend that first came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, I should do this. And I was like, no, I don't want to be, like, rude to Taylor. <laughs> and then, like, a couple months later, he sent it to me and he was like, you should do this. I was like, done. Now that you have like, a support. There's my yeah. permission. Yeah, <laughs> done. That was so... Yeah, so funny. It was gold. And now you guys are kind of encroaching on my territory. You're launching a podcast. But it's Ooh. cool. We welcome all, all podcasters here at Dear Media and the Toast. Um, <laughs> but you actually told me over dinner the other night that you just did your first podcast yeah. interview. Yeah. I literally did my first podcast. So is this your second? This is my second. So you gave someone else the exclusive. Cool. No, I just, it's good to know where your friendships are at, you know? <laughs> Take the temperature of all your friends. Well, I thought we were close. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, I'm super honored that you're my second. Me too. And thank you for If I can't be first, I guess I'll be second. Yeah, <laughs> second the best. So why a podcast? And I love the name. So you started, you have such an interesting background. You became a nurse right when the pandemic started. Like amazing timing. Love that for you. Yep. Um, and you're really passionate about mental health. Yeah. And you started a foundation. Like walk me through the whole journey of from when you started to become a nurse, which you are no longer a practicing nurse. T- take me through that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, mental health had always been, like, a part of my life but never personally affected me. Mm -hmm. I had, like, family members struggle with addiction. I almost lost a cousin to heroin, Mm -hmm. overdose twice. Um, I lost a good friend uh, after high school to... um, he had bipolar Mm -hmm. he took his life and that uh there was a lot of things that had shaped me but never personally so I start working as a nurse during COVID I'm like oh okay like this is gonna be all right and then like once once we actually like started working I was like what what is happening right Mm -hmm. now um and there was just so many well I started working night shift um I did like half night shift and then I switched to days but it was just the constant cycle of like being understaffed, um, increasing our patient intake. So instead right. of four patients, I had five. I was a new grad on my own, having like to run into each room, put all the PPE on, mm-hmm. the goggles, the shield, the gown, the double Everything. gloves, the masks, um, go into one room, care for one patient, run out, take it all off, re-put it all back on to go into the next room. Mm-hmm. Do that without a charge nurse who was like the person who was like, hey, you need help putting a this in or doing this right like like you're so new yeah that's the person that like helps you and guides the floor they Mm -hmm. had to go into our like monitor room because i worked on a cardiac floor Mm -hmm. um they had to go watch all the heart monitors because our patients needed more monitoring so it was just a constant cycle of that or going into work at 2 a.m to take vitals because we didn't have enough staff for the nurses to take it um and nursing culture is very much like people's lives are on the line yeah it's it's serious stuff so you just do you don't really ask you just do and you don't look like i I literally would hold my pee for eight hours you know like there's just no that you don't you don't eat during your shift sometimes Mm -hmm. like you don't question it you just do it so there was a cycle of that um and after a few months taylor we were driving somewhere and he was like hey are you okay and i was like yeah i'm just like really tired i just worked at three nights in a row whatever it was um he was like no but like actually are you okay and the conversation just like ended we didn't like talk about it anymore and that was really the first time i was like oh am i like am i struggling, struggling. with something like yeah. how am i doing yeah. um and it definitely took me a few months to kind of process that because also you can't process when you're in that high env- environment it's also not normal it was like yeah. this historic thing that you were at the center of and you were so new i don't even think like the most trained nurse was prepared for what they saw yeah they don't really teach you that in nursing right so yeah definitely took some time but i ended up uh getting covid really bad not from work ironically but um i ended up getting sick really bad in like june of well now i guess not last year 2021 um and you were out for like two and a half months yeah it like knocked me on my butt oh damn yeah um which was just kind of crazy but i think that was just kind of like god the universe being like you need a break yeah like you need to sit down Mm -hmm. i'm not good i'm always constantly doing something it was like you need to chill Mm -hmm. you need to take a look at yourself figure this stuff out because Mm -hmm. like you're not doing well do what's best for you yeah so during that i was able to kind of be like okay i need to leave the hospital this is not good for me like i'm not this isn't where i'm supposed to be um so i ended up leaving and after that, I was like, what do I want to do? Like, I know I have this platform um, on social media. I really like helping people. Clearly, I'm a nurse. Like, that helping right. people is it's something. in your Yeah, nature. it brings me joy. Yeah. So I was like, what do I want to do? So I started this little blog thing called Lemons by Tay. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'll write blogs on here. I'll share 
I don't know, thoughts, feelings mm-hmm. that I have, some tips and whatever that helped me. Uh, and then from there, that kind of morphed into a nonprofit, which I didn't really have an intention of starting. But mm-hmm. I woke up one day and I was like, hey, babe, I'm going to start a nonprofit. And he was like, what? I was like, yep. He's like, cool. <laughs> so I started the Lemons Foundation, which is a nonprofit. Um, and then a few months later, I was like, hey, I think I want to start a podcast. Yeah. And he was like, what? Entrepreneurial said, queen. We love to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of like how we got to here and mm-hmm. it's it's definitely like, and you're hosting it together yeah are you nervous at all about working with uh, a spouse it can <laughs> it can take a toll <laughs> you know and i don't speak from experience no. <laughs> <laughs> um we actually filmed our first episode yesterday mm-hmm. um and you're still happily married yeah, yeah. No, it went really well good the first yeah the first two episodes are going to be me interviewing her and then her interviewing me mm-hmm. just so we can start it off with right, like our story of mm-hmm. mental health and why we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. and then you know we'll have awesome guests after that but um yeah no i got to interview her and it was a fantastic conversation and i'm Good super question. excited for people to see it what is your journey with mental health i mean obviously fame is toxic but you were at it like another level and you were 16 yeah I mean, I think that's it. I think it's just how unorthodox it was mm-hmm. to grow up like that. And my journey is I'm in the middle of it. I'm oh. still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, she's like helped me, mm-hmm. but I'm still very much in the process of, you know, figuring out what all those things I went through and how they affect Impacted. me today. And yeah how I, you know, go about life now in the healthiest way. Um, But yeah, I think it was a strange upbringing. So many incredible things that come with it that I'm so thankful for and, you know, wouldn't trade a thing. But yeah, there's definitely... There's no handbook to doing it. Yeah, no handbook to diving in as a COVID nurse and no handbook to being a werewolf. Let me ask you a question. This might sound weird, did you and do you like being famous? Yes and no. Okay, that's so fair. I like some of the things that come with it because mm-hmm. we get to do super fun things mm-hmm. and feel very blessed because of that. But yeah, there's definitely sometimes I wish I could just go to the grocery store and not yeah. have to wear a hat and sunglasses. Right. And sometimes we do just want to go to dinner and have a peaceful dinner. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, like anything there's pros and cons and what's your take on acting now like do you is it something you really want to continue to pursue consistently I think my take is that I am very lucky and blessed from the Mm -hmm. franchise that I don't have Have to. to be working all the time back to back um because that creates that toxic cycle of like needing projects to work and putting yeah. so much energy and like validation into getting yeah. the role yeah. and that's that's the goal that's where i want to be is i don't have to feel and put this pressure on myself mm-hmm. that oh, i haven't done a movie or tv show right. in six months like what am i doing right i'm failing right i don't want to feel like that and i i don't Good. um yeah i I want to get to a place which I think I'm uh, I think I'm there um, where it's like if a project comes up mm-hmm. 
that it's a role I'm super passionate about or it's somebody that I mm-hmm. really want to work with mm-hmm. or I just think it'll be super fun or mm-hmm. it'll like just help me grow like it, yeah. whatever it is I just want to be able to wait for that opportunity and be like yeah this sounds like it would you know further me right either um, like emotionally yeah, yeah it's not all about what r- role you book yeah. next and that's obviously a privilege to be in that position but I think it's super helpful yeah. when it comes to your mental health because acting can be so so toxic when like yeah. you the rejection it's it's not a normal way you're not supposed to feel rejected in your, in your job every yeah. single day yeah but that's is. a huge it's, part of it yeah it's a rough it's a rough business in that sense but you know let me tell you about the business of podcasting you guys you're gonna love it you're gonna <laughs> love it it's so fun you can edit yourself like if you fuck up it's just everything <laughs> you can like set up your own cameras make sure you like the angle so i'm really honored to have had you on the podcast and also to welcome you into the podcasting space um the podcast is called the squeeze which by the way actually one one more question is what's with the lemons lemons by tay the lemon foundation the squeeze i love the name of the podcast but what's Thank the you. symbol symbolization um you know symbolism sorry duh I I, that's a good question I literally when I was trying to think of a name for the blog I like I still have the paper in my notebook I wrote down like 12 different names Mm -hmm. I could use and lemons came to mind and I was like oh I kind of like that because I've been life's been literally chucking lemons at me where I'm at right now so I definitely think it's kind of like a fun like plan. That's a good reason. I like that. Also, lemons like are fresh and healthy and like, I don't know. Yellow yellow is a happy color. 100%. I love your tagline though of like, like what? When life gives you lemons, what do you do? No, I mean, that's cute. But the like, it feels as of recently or over the last couple of years that, you know, we we haven't been handed lemons they've been forcefully thrown Mm -hmm. at all of us Mm -hmm. it's like what do you do with that right it's It's not like here's a lemon it's literally just right it's like that out of control feeling take this yeah and make it into something yummy and beautiful right um which we all can do but it's like difficult it's not easy yeah and then yeah with the podcast like i love when you say like the lemon is like the juice mm-hmm. of your mental health the squeeze. Yeah. so the, the squeeze juice. like yeah we want to get like into the juice and just like from a branding perspective like the squeeze sounds like the name of a very very famous talk show it's such a good name i agree i wish i thought of it first <laughs> the toast will have to do um thank you guys so much for being here i love hanging out with you thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode make sure to check out the squeeze podcast it is now streaming everywhere you get your podcast correct yes ma'am got it Thank you guys for listening. Hope you have an amazing day. Uh, Take care of your mental health and like do a face mask and then go take a tequila shot. Love you. Bye.